It is my absolute pleasure to worship with you on this Good Friday. Um, welcome. I think this, I've been told this is the first, is this the first Good Friday service that Grace has held? Is that? It's been a while. The first in a while. Uh, Good Friday service, the first one that I've done here. And Good Friday services are always my, one of my favorite things to do as a pastor. And so it's uh, my pleasure to be here with you all this evening. Appreciate, for those of you who aren't regular attenders here, we, at Grace we do everything about five to ten minutes late. So, um, But thank you guys for your patience. Um, a couple of quick things before we get started. I've done this, I've done this um, thing enough times to know that you, uh, you run through what everybody's doing ahead of time, uh, just so everybody is aware. So um, I'm going to run through the readers really fast. I know we have a couple that are still making their way in. I saw them pulling in right when I came in. So, um, so Jen Williamson is going to read first, and then Wendy, and then Tim, and Phil. Phil, you are, you got that? And, we have, and then Hannah is going to read, and then Amber and Peter, who I know are on their way. And then Brave, where's Brave? I saw Brave come in. There you are, brother. And then, um, and then Alex Pinkham, you're going to be next back there. Okay. And then Scott Pinkham, they are related, but I don't see Scott. There he is. And then uh, Aaron Waite or, um, or Matt, we'll see. And then Jordan, Jordan's got the big finale, the longest reading of the night. And then I will close us. Uh, but would you guys mind um, praying with me, and then we'll get our service started tonight. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Father, we thank you that you saw fit to send him to be our savior. So I pray tonight as we come to reflect upon this day in his life, Father, would you... Would you help us to see him clearly, to see him for who he is, and to understand the radiance of the glory of the cross? Father in heaven, we are so thankful for all that you've done for us. We are so looking forward to seeing all that you will do uh, through the service tonight and in our lives. We lift all this up to you in the name of your Son and by your Spirit. Amen. Would you mind standing with me as we open up our service with a scripture reading from Isaiah 49? Isaiah 49, 7 says this, Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Please stay standing as we continue our service in song. Number every grain of sand. Keep 
seated on his throne. Come, let us adore him. Behold, our King, nothing can compare. Come, let us adore him. Who has given counsel to the Lord? Who can question any of his words? Who can teach the one who knows all things? can fathom all his wondrous deeds. Behold our God seated on his throne. Come let us adore him. Behold our King. Nothing can Who has felt the nails upon his head, bearing all the guilt of sinful men? God eternal, humble to the grave. Jesus, Savior, risen now to reign. Behold our God, seated on His throne. Come, let us adore Him. Behold our King, nothing can Matthew 27, 11 through 14. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, 
Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge. So the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who was called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Then the governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. I've learned when doing Good Friday sermons to make sure you put your sermon early in the service before people start to get hungry. (laughs) Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for your son. Pray now as we reflect upon the meaning of his death. Pray that this um, word would help us to understand him better. That we might glorify him. Father, that we might live for him. Father, that we might serve him all the more. It's in the name of your son that we pray. Amen. In all four of the Gospels in the book of Acts, there are relatively few things that are referenced. Um, There are relatively few things in all four of the Gospels in the book of Acts which are referred to. Um, Most of the events in the life of Christ are told to us in two or three of the Gospels, um, really important things like his death and resurrection in all four of the Gospels. But there is one thing, at least one thing, that is told to us five different times in the New Testament. Five different times in the New Testament, the, the reference is made to the person of Barabbas by name in all four of the Gospels and by allusion in the book of Acts. Um, Barabbas is really important. It's probably the most important Bible character you maybe have never heard of. And uh, maybe you're here today and you are wondering, um, is Christianity even true? Um, and you're, you're trying to grapple with, is, is this thing worth believing in? Is this worth putting my chips in? And I just want to encourage you, if there are five references in ancient documents to some person, then the chances that that person existed and that what happened, especially if they all agree, which all the New Testament documents do agree, uh, if they agree about him, then the chances that he was real are really real, that they are really important, that whoever this person named Barabbas is uh, almost certainly is a historical person. We can, we can tell that. I mean, we believe Scripture. We know that he is. But more than that, 
because the story about Barabbas is so close to the death of Christ that the story of Barabbas that's referenced five different times in the New Testament is pivotal to understanding what the death of Christ is all about. That the, the story of Barabbas, that who he was and what happened to him, tells us how the, new, the earliest Christians understood the death of Christ. If you're wondering, does, does the Bible actually teach these things? Does the Bible actually teach us that Christ would come and die in the place of sinners? Then the story about Barabbas ought to be extremely interesting to you. Now, I have on my computer in my home office right now a 44-page paper on Barabbas. And I am not planning, just because I believe God is a merciful God, I'm not planning on reading that out tonight. But if anybody wants to see that, I'd be happy to show, I'd be happy to talk about Barabbas uh, with all of you. And I am sure that your eyes would glaze over. But I am going to share just a handful of things that I have learned about Barabbas that, that is true about him. And I, I'm going to share some of these things, be, be, not because I care so much about Barabbas, but because I care so much about Christ. So let me just share a really, really glaringly obvious thing about the story of Barabbas, all right? This is hours before the death of Christ, that Christ is on the way to Golgotha. Christ is on the way to the cross. This is so close to the death of Christ. This is not a secondary story. This is not a a take-it-or-leave-it story. This story, and all four of the Gospels, again, is pivotal for helping us understand the death of of Christ. It, 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 it's, it's an essential episode as we walk our way to the cross. So that's the first, the first glaringly obvious fact. Here's the second. Jesus was innocent. Jesus was innocent. Everybody knows that. Pilate knows that. Pontius Pilate says he knew. Uh, it says that he knew that the, it was out of envy that the high priest had delivered him up. And even Pilate's wife knows, have nothing to do with that righteous man. Christ did not deserve to die, that Christ was righteous. He was a perfect law keeper. This is something that the Gospel of Matthew demonstrates again and again. Here's the the third glaringly obvious fact. If Christ was perfectly innocent, Barabbas was perfectly not. That Barabbas was as far from innocent as you can get. In the Gospel of Matthew, we're told that he is a notorious sinner, In the Gospels of Mark, Luke, and John, we find out that he is also a murderer, a robber, and a rebel. This is essentially a terrorist that they have here in front of of them. Barabbas is a dangerous man. He's dangerous to everybody who's in this episode. And yet, Barabbas is being put up on the the block. Will will he be traded in the place of Christ? So So here's... what we have so far. Christ is on his way to his death in the story. Christ is perfectly innocent. Barabbas is not. And they trade places, if you will. That Barabbas is set free and Christ is sent to his death. Barabbas is allowed to live and Christ is condemned to die. Barabbas is, as it were, declared just, declared innocent, and Christ is declared accursed. That these two switch places, and Jesus, the righteous, is crucified instead of Barabbas. And here's where things get interesting. This is during the Passover week in the life of the people of Israel. 
The Passover week is that time of year where the Jewish people would make a sacrifice of a lamb, and that sacrifice of a lamb would, would, would then have its blood put over the door, doorpost, just as in ancient times the people of Israel had done when they were on their way out of Egypt. It was that when the, the angel of God's wrath would, would, was passing through the people, uh, the land of Egypt, that he would pass over uh, all the houses that had a, the blood on the doorpost. Because that, that lamb was bearing the sin of the people inside. That lamb was trading places, was taking the place of the people in the house. And Christ here is very much playing the lamb. He's very much being put in as the substitute for Barabbas. That He's very much standing in his place, much like that Passover lamb did to bear the wrath of God. Now here's where things get really interesting. Um, who is Barabbas? Who is Barabbas? The, the name Barabbas is made up of the Aramaic word bar, meaning son, and Abba, meaning father, son of a father. That is not a very descriptive name. It was actually an extremely popular name in the first century. It was so popular that we don't have hardly any other records of somebody being called Barabbas without a second name because it was that hard to identify who he was. And here in the four Gospels, we see that Barabbas occurs just by himself. It would, be like, it would be like in our parlance if we said John Doe. This is a, an, almost an anonymous person, a historical person. Obviously, this event is so well testified. Of course, it happened, and yet his name is obscured. Not only that, but especially in the Gospel of Matthew, he's called Notorious. We're not actually told what he did, even though we know from Mark and Luke and John that he was a, a murderer and that he was a rebel. He's, in, in Matthew's gospel, he doesn't actually tell us what he did. It seems like Matthew is deliberately making the identity of this person ambiguous. Why is he doing that? Why is Matthew just not coming out and saying it? Why is Matthew not giving us more detail? Here's why. So that when you and I read this story, that we would think, I'm Barabbas. This is talking about me. That Christ and me have traded places. That Christ is my substitute. That Christ is my sacrifice. That he's dying in my place. That Christ is getting to go, he's going to the cross for me and I am being condemned. Or he's going to the cross for me and I'm being set free. That when we read this story, it's meant to make us think, that's me. And that's why this story is right next to the death of Christ and all the accounts of the death of Christ. It's to show that Christ is our substitute, that he's stepping into the place of sinners, that he's being crucified on our behalf where we should have borne the curse, that he was condemned and we were justified, that he was taken captive and we were set free, that he was paying our debts and we were declared free and clear, that he went to his death so that we might live. The story of Barabbas is meant to make us understand that Christ is our Passover lamb. See, it's one thing. It's one thing to think Christ died for sinners. That's actually a good thing to think. I would hope that you think that. It's a different thing to think 
Christ died for me. See, you can say Christ died for sinners very passively and aridly and academically. You can say Christ died for sinners very, very obscurely, abstractly. But it's hard to say that when you say Christ died for me. It's hard to not feel the tremble and the affection. It's hard to not know in your bones and in your heart that he died for you. And so before we finish our service here, as we continue our service, I want, I want to close with three questions. Number one, do you see yourself as Barabbas? Do you see yourself as Barabbas? Do you look at him and think, that should have been me? I love the story of um, Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky. And... Uh, and uh, if you can get through the first hundred pages, it's really a very good novel. It's just, I don't know if you've ever read one of his novels. It takes about a hundred pages to get into it. Anyways, in this novel, there's this guy named Raskolnikov. All right? It's a nice, really rolls off the tongue. Raskolnikov thinks that he is so good, thinks that he is better than everybody else. In fact, he thinks he's so good that he thinks the rest of of morality doesn't apply to him, that he can do whatever he wants and just get away with it because he is so superior to everybody else. And so he decides he's going to prove that to himself and to everyone else, and he sees this lecherous person that he decides that he's going to kill. And he, he says, I will prove to the world that there's no God, that there's no morality by getting away with what nobody can get away with, except the whole rest of the novel is detailing how he doesn't actually get away with it. How he's being chased and consumed by guilt. How that guilt and that shame, that knowledge of what he had done was crushing on him. Maybe you're here today and you are thinking, I can get away with it. That sure, all that other good stuff, that's for somebody who loves Jesus. But I, I, I don't need that system of morality. I don't need that system of right and wrong. And I will tell you that guilt will chase you down and crush you. That all of us are like Barabbas headed towards the chopping block. We need someone to trade places with us. We need a substitute, a sacrifice. Which is why I want to ask you the second question. Did Christ, do you, can you say with clarity and with conviction that Christ died for me? Not that Christ died for sinners, we all believe that here, but can you say that Christ died for me? That in my place condemned, he stood. That he stood in the cross for me. Can you say that? Do you believe that? Do you hope that that is true? Are you hoping against hope that that is true? If that is true, if you're, if you're here today and you're, and you're thinking, I want Christ to be my Savior it's very simple to have him do that. Here at, here at Grace, this is the simplest way that I know to what it means to receive Christ. Is you say to Jesus, Jesus, I want all of you. Would you take all of me? Would you take all my shame and all my guilt? Would you take my brokenness? Would you give me your righteousness? Would you set me free? And then third, the third question is this. If Christ died for you, if Christ died for you, do you live for him? If Christ died for you, if he has set you free, are you living in that freedom that Christ has bought with his blood? Are you walking according to his ways? Are you gathering 
with his people. Maybe you're here today and you say, I I am a Christian. I know Christ died for me, but I don't always live like it. And you are in the absolute perfect place. Because tonight is a night where we celebrate the fact that Christ died for me. Where we reflect on the beauty of the gospel. And we exult in the fact that we are Barabbas. And he has gone and taken our place. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is true and that it is good. We thank you that you have provided a substitute for us. Father, I pray for anyone here who's never taken the step of putting their faith in your son, of receiving him, of grabbing hold of him. Would you give them the courage and the boldness to do that even now? As we cry out to you, Lord, from sorrows, deep I call. Amen. Do you mind standing as we sing our next song, Lord, from sorrows, deep I call, and then Phil and Hannah are going to read for us. From sorrows deep I call When my hope is shaken Torn and ruined from the fall Hear my desperation For so long I've pled and prayed God come to my rescue Then so the thorn remains within my troubled soul questions without answers on my faith these billows roll God be now my shelter why are you cast down my soul open him who saves you when the fires have all grown cold start to praise you. Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. My help, my rock, I will praise Him. Sing, oh, sing through the raging storm. Oh, still my God, my salvation. on from me every worldly pleasure when all I possess is grief God be then my treasure be my vision in the night 
Till my faith has turned to shine Matthew 27, starting in verse 24. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the governor's residence and gathered the whole company around him. They stripped him and dressed him in a scarlet robe. They twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and placed a staff in his right hand. And they knelt down before him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews. And then they spat on him. They took the staff and they kept hitting him on the head. After they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. Awesome. 
miss the power of the cross. Christ became sin for us. Took the blame for the wrath we stand forgiven. Now the daylight. The ground beneath quakes as its maker bows his head. Burden torn in two, dead or raised to life. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink, mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him and wagging their heads and saying, You, who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and the elders mocked him, saying, He has saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. 
Let him come down from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in in God. Let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that He should give His only Son to make a wretch's treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the Father turns His face away. As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory Behold the man upon the cross My sin upon his shoulders Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not post in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer. This I know with all my heart, these wounds have been my ransom. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart, his wounds have been my ransom. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, 
This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many.
Matthew 27, 54. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Before we end our service, I want to thank everyone who um, participated through reading. I especially want to thank Andrew and Lauren and Aying and Keith for, uh, oh, that was really a blessing, guys. Thank you for that. As you go out, go with this exhortation from the book of Isaiah. But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen, thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on dry ground. Go in peace.